watching online, just want to say thank you for tuning in. And uh, we've got some work to do um, this morning. If you have a Bible, I would love for you to grab it. And let's go to Luke's Gospel. Luke's Gospel uh, had some technical difficulties this morning and uh, won't have the uh, verses on the screens for you, so you can just um, read along in your head, or if you have an actual Bible, turn there or download an app real quick, and uh, you'll be able to read it with me, just so you know I'm not making this stuff up. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 25. We're going to conclude a series we've been in uh, over the past six weeks about the church living counterculture, and our call as a church to uh, continue to live according to the standards of the scripture and not according to the standards of this world. And uh, if last week was a little, uh, a little tough for you, for you, this week will probably be the same. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, that wasn't a joke, that's the truth. Uh, Luke chapter 10, we're going to pick, pick it up in verse 25. Yeah, we'll go there. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Jesus replied, in Jesus' fashion, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And Jesus says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that in it we find life. I thank you, God, that some of us are looking for you to speak to us, and you just did. Thank you that this is the truth that we stand upon. In it, it will sanctify us and grow us more into the image of Christ. God, help me. Let people just see you and be in awe of you, not be in awe of anything I say or offended by anything I say that's may come across that way in Jesus name. Amen. 
As we kind of finish up this uh, series of conversations that we've been having, you know, I typically go through books of the Bible, so this is a little off for me to just kind of go through some topical things, but I just kind of feel like it's 2020. Why not, right? Um, if 2020's done anything, it's kind of uh, removed the curtain on a lot of social issues, a lot of uh, problems that we're facing, and, and I would suggest the problems that the Bible would tell us a way in which is right, although the world may be up in flames and they're telling us one way, the Scripture is telling us to stay grounded in this, in God's Word, in God's truth. And we find ourselves in a particular passage this morning where Jesus is really pushing back the curtain on this lawyer and really revealing the motive and how wicked his heart really is and how he views humans and how he views human life. And that's what I want us to go through this morning is just kind of our view of the un unwanted lives in our culture. If we were to live counterculture, as the Bible would tell us, then how do we treat people? How do we treat our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Look what he says. He says, teacher, what, what do I have to do to gain eternal life? And I love how Jesus responds, because what does Jesus do? He draws this lawyer back to the law. Not in a way that the law would be that salvific uh, thing that, or that thing that saves him, but that the law would reveal to him his need for salvation, because that's the purpose of the law. So Jesus, knowing this cat's trying to trick him and trying to trip him up, but y'all know by now Jesus can't be tripped up. And so this lawyer is trying to trip up Jesus and just trying to get to a simple way, what do I need to just check off my list so that I can gain eternal life? And Jesus rips open his chest and reveals how wicked his heart is by taking him back to that thing which he knows a lot about, which is the law. The law was not meant to save, but the law was meant to reveal and to convict. And that's why Jesus takes him back to this law. In other words, the law works, they cannot and will not ever save you. So many times we'll take a passage like this and we'll say, well, look what I need to do in order for me to get under God's good graces. So what you're doing is you're taking the implications of the gospel and you're making them the gospel themselves. In other words, you're trying to make the gospel this work-centered thing. Jesus, just tell me the things that I need to check off my to-do list so that I can get up on there where you are. And so Jesus takes him back to the root issue, and his root issue was that he had no love for his neighbor. In fact, his love was just for himself. And so what Jesus is doing is bringing him back to the law, the law is going to reveal to this guy how wicked he is, and then this guy is going to just try to turn things around again. So Jesus says, love the Lord your God, 
all your heart, mind, soul, strength, everything within you, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, let's, let's, let's think about this, even in the context for us today. That's incredibly hard. Loving, I must got the sanctified crowd this morning. <laughs> Loving the unlovable people is incredibly, incredibly hard. Thank you, John. Because um, y'all must not interact with people a lot. <laughs> this is an incredible task that Jesus says to us. And I would have, if I were this man, I would have asked Jesus an appropriate question because I think it's very appropriate for, for me to be like, well, Jesus, all right, just show me. What, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to love the people? Like, tell me, like, can you give me, like, details? Can you give me, like, a PowerPoint presentation? <laughs> if that's still a thing, uh, like, give me, like, something. Give me a video illustration. Can you make a YouTube channel, Jesus? Because that would be very beneficial. <laughs> but no, he says, he's trying to trick him up again. Look what he does. He thinks he is outsmarting Jesus. So he tries to move the focus off of himself. And he asks the question, who is my neighbor, and watch how Jesus answers, because this story, many scholars believe that this actually happened, that this probably was not a parable. They could have easily said, oh, you just, in response, well, you just made that up, Jesus. We all know nothing like that would happen, but many people believe that this was actually, this is actually something that happened. So Jesus takes his question up in the form of something that most likely happened in their time. Man was going down Jerusalem, Jer Jericho, and fell into the hands of a robber. Now, this is an actual road. It's about 17 miles long. And this is not a road that you would send your, your wife on, or, or this is not a road you wouldn't want to carry with. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you better get your carrying license if you're going down this road, because there's some crazy folks down this road ready to take you on, as we see. They strip him, they beat him, and they fled, leaving him half dead. This is the road to the hood. Is that what you said, Willie? And it's so easy to think about what you would do in this situation. I don't know how I do this every week with you, Willie, but we, somehow we do it. I don't know. It's the Holy Spirit in us, man. But if the priest helped, we got some issues. If the Levite helps, we have more issues here. Because if he touches this unclean man, then that's, that's going to ruin him. He's got to go make additional sacrifices. I mean, he's got to go quarantine. You know, he's got to go, go take 14 days off, all that kind of stuff, just because he touched this unclean man. So it's problematic. So it's easy for us to say, well, why didn't you just help him? Well, they, there was a lot riding on the line for these men who were passing by. His religion was going to keep him from engaging with this person. I thought so too, bro. In the same way, look what happens. The same way. So the Levite comes, passed him by, but a Samaritan. Here's how we think, we know why we think this story was probably true. Because the Jews would have been flabbergasted at the fact that Jesus used a Samaritan as the hero in the story. Be like Jesus coming up in here using an illegal immigrant as the hero of his story in our day. Then all the Trump supporters be like, nah, -uh. 
Not to, that was last week. I'm not going to mention any politics, I swear. So Jesus points us to the law because this isn't easy. And he answers this question, who's my neighbor in this form of a story that most likely happened by telling us anyone who is in need of compassion, that's your neighbor. Your neighbor isn't just someone who is geographically right beside you. Now, I got a good neighbor. His name is Mr. Jim Franks. He'll do anything for you. But he's not just my neighbor. My neighbor is anyone who needs compassion. My neighbor is anyone who is in severe need of love and mercy. That's who my neighbor is. And I love this part. Because Jesus is like, you need to show them mercy. And this Greek word for mercy means to be patient and compassionate, specifically to those who are suffering. This echoes what Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 would say, carry one another's burdens. Who is our neighbor today if Jesus were coming down through the halls of our church telling us this? Who is our neighbor? What is his point? You can ask which of these three men was the neighbor to the victim in how Jesus asked. But I think you could also ask, to whom can I be a neighbor to? Doesn't have any geography, doesn't know race or citizenship. Who is someone that I can be a neighbor to? Too, because wherever people are and wherever they need us, that's where we can be neighbors. Who is our neighbor? That's a very, very important question in our culture today. Our neighbor is the unwanted people. It's the unwanted lives. What does that have to do with living counter culture? I'm glad you asked. Before I answer that, I want to warn you that this is a very emotional topic for me. And I will unapologetically tell you how I feel about some things. So if you're easily triggered, I'm giving you a warning to go ahead and leave now. Because what has happened in our culture, they have determined the value or the devalue of a human life these same celebrities in Hollywood, political leaders in our country are empowered telling us things like, it's your choice. Telling us things like, follow the science, except when the science doesn't fit their agenda. The same people who want us to murder babies are the same ones who would say in a New York Times article that someone sent me yesterday that I read that says a pedophilia is just, it's just a disorder, it's not a crime. Counterculture living, because culture continues its war on human life and then paints us up as though we're bigots and stupid. There's an estimated 26 million humans who've been murdered 
due to abortion to date in 2020. Hundreds of thousands of children who are orphans just in the U.S. alone. International Labor Organization estimates that there are 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally, hundreds of thousands in the U.S. According to UNICEF, over 3 million children globally die of hunger every year. Who is my neighbor? Who needs the church to step up? That's the question that's being asked. If you look in our culture today, who is our neighbor? Who needs the church to step up? I raise the issue of abortion not because it's a political season. I could care less. But murdering people while they're in the womb of a, a woman, it's madness. And don't give me well, you're just pro-life for the baby in the womb. You care less about what happens. You could use that on somebody, but you can't use that on me and Miranda. We rescued one who just celebrated a birthday from, we rescued him from abortion. So don't give me that crap. I fostered, Miranda and I fostered also. And I'm not saying these things to look at, look at me, look how holy Matthew is. If you care about anything about who your neighbor is, then it wouldn't just be the baby in the wound. It would also be f for the mom. Why is she even making, having to make this? Why is she even having to think about this? And then, and then after the fact she has the baby, what, what, what are we going to do? Who's my neighbor? My neighbor then expands from just being this political hot topic of just being a baby in the womb, but now it's more. My neighbor becomes the mom. My neighbor becomes the church that wraps their arm around them. Not to be a political platform agenda. How dumb it is for us that we have made it just about politics. It's about saving children and saving moms from having to even make that decision. Who is my neighbor? God hates this. In Jeremiah 19.5, God gives a scathing rebuke to the people. They're making sacrifices in the name of Baal. You know who they're using? Children. God says to them, you've built the high places of Baal to burn your sons. A thing which I never commanded or spoke of, nor did it even enter my mind. Let me tell you how mad, uh, let me tell you how crazy our society has gotten, as if you really need to know. There's a young family that Marin and I are friends with in our community. We used to be neighbors with them. Their, their daughter had a child, and this child was born with Down syndrome and a lot of issues. He's on a breathing machine, still a very, very young child. She shares her story through her social media. Of, she's an advocate for children like him who are suffering from this, from the issues that he has. 
So she shares her, her wins, she shares her losses, and it's a beautiful story to watch. She recently also shared, I would say, a demon-possessed person who messaged her privately and said of her son, and I quote, that worthless piece of that snake from hell should have been aborted while you still had the chance. Just take that stupid vent and relieve the world of that worthless crap piece of existence already. In many European countries, there is a 100% abortion rate if you know your child has Down syndrome. Do you know what's hypocritical? When they tell us to follow the science in regards to the, the COVID stuff, and I don't care where you fall in line with that, I, I really don't. They say, follow the science. Just follow the science. Drink the poison, follow the science. But don't follow the science that says you're human at the moment of conception. So only follow the science when it's convenient for a political leader. Again, I ask, and I'm not asking you, I'm asking myself, who's my neighbor? He's a three-year-old baby. He'd be getting on my nerves sometimes. but Ezra is my neighbor. And I wonder how many more Ezra's, how many more Mirindas are out there that need to be rescued. Recently, I got myself in a, quite a dispute. <laughs> That's a way to start a point in a sermon. And I wasn't going to share this, but I suppose I shall because it answers the next question, who my neighbor is. And I have emotionally convictions about this also, but it's the sexually exploited children. You know that beautiful Netflix they recently released? Cuties. Ironically, it's to point out the sexual exploitation of 11-year-olds, but hypocritically they used 11-year-olds to sexually exploit them. Sad, funny, hilarious that Netflix just does not see the irony, but more than that, it's demonic that they don't see the irony in this. And so I posted about this. I would recommend that you do not follow me on social media. <laughs> I am being dead serious. Probably like me more as a person. And I don't, I don't post things on social media to get aroused out of people. In fact, I, I rarely post stuff. But this one was close to me. We watched a clip of this, this video or this film, whatever you want to call it, this garbage, and I honestly felt like the FBI was going to be at my door. That's how disgusting it was. I mentioned in a post, I named a political, um, previous political person who is deeply tied $50 million worth with Netflix. And you would have thought that I was talking about your mama. It rhymes with mama, by the way. 
Um, and let me say this, whether you come from your Democrat or Republican, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I don't place my hope in Trump. Always have been, thank you. I'm not gonna place my hope in Biden or Harris, whoever's gonna run that thing. I'm not, I'm not placing my hope in any of that, that mess. Who would? And you would have thought just Matthew has committed blasphemy. Just stick with preaching, Matthew, they said. How about I'll stick with my neighbor? If that requires me calling somebody out on their garbage, then I'll stick with my neighbor. And here's why this is emotionally convicting to me, because my wife was rescued from the hands of her biological mother that would have sexually exploited her. And we know this because it happened to her, her other children, Miranda's siblings, that weren't rescued. So don't give me this. You just stick with preaching, preacher. It's damning that we would elevate someone who ain't ever done nothing for you. Who's my neighbor? My neighbor's Miranda. And it's all of the children who are being molested. And I know that's some of your stories too. And it's all of them who are being sexually exploited. Church, who is our neighbor? Neighbors also the marginalized in our culture and in our community. If I could share a story with you about an encounter I had with Willie. I didn't tell you I was going to do this, Willie, but I saw you about to doze off, so I figured this would wake you up. <laughs> and if y'all think I give him too much, he calls me and gives it right back to me, so it's kind of like this back and forth with each other. I hope this is okay, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, about four years ago, Willie was living... Um, in a place where he was being taken advantage of and someone had placed some marijuana in his home and you remember this Willie that I'm sure you remember because they took you to jail for it and I remember when I went to go visit Willie I think you had the flu or something or some, you had sinus infection in a cold cell a man who was taken advantage of and I looked at Willie I said Willie I promise you this I don't know how but I'm going to get you out of that place why? Because Willie's my neighbor. Amen. Took a few years, but we got him out. All of the people who are marginalized in our community, those who are in similar situations that Willie finds, found himself in, that's our neighbor. Those who can't afford a decent place, Refuge, why, why can't we take on more projects like that? I mean, I know it needs money. Who is my neighbor? According to the CDC, roughly 26% of people who are 
18 to 24, and 16% of people who are 25 to 44 just alone this year have considered committing suicide during the pandemic. This one is also emotionally convicting to me. Those who are depressed, those who are just wishing they would just die. I've, I've not buried one person because of COVID. I've buried one person because of suicide. And I don't know if you've ever been in that dark night of the soul, but it's a horrid place to be in. Willie tried to take his life. Some of you have probably tried to take your life. And who is my neighbor? Those who are suffering. This is what Jesus is saying. It's not the high cost of caring, but it's the high cost of not caring. The priest and these Levites, they lost far more by their neglect than the Samaritan did by his genuine concern. They lost an opportunity to become better people. They lost an opportunity to set aside religion in their eyes and grow more into a biblical religion. Just think about this. This Samaritan's one deed, which likely happened, has caused many ministries to birth out of this one act. They could have been a good influence in a bad world, but they chose their own way. Jesus asks the question, your neighbor is, or or he tells, tells us this and answers this question, your neighbor is the unwanted people in life. That's who your neighbor is. I listed just these because this is just something that's near and dear to my heart. But who is your neighbor? Are you more concerned with like being these religious leaders who just pass by because your silence is more damning? Your neglect to your neighbor, my friend, is you're missing out. Jesus is inviting them into this new way that is counterculture. Show mercy, show compassion. Love the people who are hurting around you. Do this for these people. Like, love them. Bring them in. He's giving them this new way of life. And what he did, he's really just opened up how wicked this lawyer's heart is. He does not care about who his neighbor is. He just wanted to focus off of himself in hopes maybe just to trip Jesus up again. 
in hopes maybe Jesus would have said, oh, your, your neighbor is just the other lawyers who are just like you. They smell like you. They look like you. They talk like you. They read like you. That's your neighbor. That's perhaps what the lawyer was hoping Jesus would have said. Because I think that's what the church wants Jesus to say. Who's my neighbor, Jesus? God, please let it be just a bunch of white people. God, please let it be rich people because y'all know I'd need some money. Oh, I just call forth those neighbors in my life. I'm done, I promise. <laughs> Who is your neighbor? That's the question. Let's pray.